Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Woo, come on, 12 p.m., this is so good. It's, a, uh, it's really a day of the arts today. We have the artist himself here, and um, I have a message around art, and then today, show up, three o'clock, doors open for the musical, the rock musical. So anyway, it's a great day. We're waking up the arts today. Um, I'm going to get right into the message because uh, it's one of those messages that was just loaded. It was packed. I kept getting downloads, and I'm like, how can I share all this stuff? So I'm praying that God will make this uh, simple to be delivered, and, uh, but it's a call to wake up artisan. Wake up artisan. That's the title of my message this afternoon is Wake Up Artisan. Call for artisans to rise up as an answer to the void of God's word and culture and today's culture. Um, you can look around and in uh, the things that is on my Instagram feed as of lately. You know, it's these hot topics that only come from a from a culture of people who have uh, been voided of God's word. So when you strip God's word, when you strip away. Uh, a connection and, and knowing, having a relationship with God, you'll see that the spirit of the world will rise up and take, and take that place of being the main voice into today's culture. And so that's why it's so important for the God artisans to rise up at this time that you're called to be an answer. You're called to be an answer to the, of, to the voidness of God's word in today's culture. So what is an artisan, you might say? An artisan is a skilled craftsman, especially one that involves making things by hands. So I'm really talking about the art industry today. And we're going to go into Genesis 1, in the beginning, at the beginning of the Bible, to point us to the original artisan, God himself. Genesis 1, 1 through 2 says this, In the beginning, God created in the beginning, he created. He created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Genesis 1. So just like this canvas right here, when God looked into the, into the, the world, what's going on? He's looking out there. It was void. It was empty. And it was dark. It was a blank canvas. And so there was nothing that God had as something that he can turn to. It's God himself that was able to create form and to, to bring creation into an emptiness and a void and a dark place. So my point number one is in a void and dark world, God's creation brings formation. In a void and dark world, God's creation brings formation. So God is the original artisan. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, um, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. 
uh, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. So he created us and he created everything that we see here today. He created light, he created darkness. He created the stars in the sky. He created the, uh, he formed boundaries to where water you end here and ground you start here. He was forming all of that. And in the beginning when he created, he spoke. So that was in the beginning, that was his, uh, his uh, artistic brush, paintbrush in a sense, was using his voice, using his words. He said, let there be light and poof, there was light. He said, he spoke, and that's where creation came about. So he was creating all these things. He was creating uh, the animals of this earth. He created the monkeys. He created the apes. And then he's like, I need something a little more interesting. I need to create a giraffe. <laughs> Giraffes are one of like, the most interesting things. Like, like I said before, he had nothing to go off of before. with the canvas. It was a blank canvas of the world. And he was thinking, you know what this world needs? It's a giraffe. It needs an animal with a very long neck, spotted. You know, I'm thinking the humans will go on those and, you know, right away. <laughs> and even better yet, he created the zebras. Those are my favorite. I did a little report when I was younger on zebras. And, um, and he created that. And he's like, no, they can ride a giraffe and then they can also ride zebras. That would be really cool. And I'm telling you, we need to stop and pause on the greatness of zebras because our rodeos are very uh, not artistic. I feel like we need to add zebras in our rodeos. <laughs> Why not? Some zebras are, you know, like the whole, uh, I, is, don't we have like races? Yeah, there's horse races. There should be zebra races. What is happening, people? So that's why I'm saying, wake up artisans. Let's do this. So he created all of these amazing things. Even when he created the stars in the sky, he wasn't just like, oh, you know, nighttime, we need some light. Um, no, he created the stars with even the consol consolations in it. So everything he did was beautiful and everything he did was extra bougie, if you will. It was next level. And so he created that. He said, let there be, he spoke and it was created. So then when he came us, when it came to mankind, it says this in Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. So we see in Genesis 1, all the things that he created, everything from a dark, void, empty canvas he painted the skies with light and darkness, with stars and with vegetation. And when he put vegetation in there, he put seeds in there. So it wouldn't just be the vegetation for that one time, but it's lasted us until this whole time, which is pretty amazing and unbelievable. The light so that we can see color, we can see the rainbow in the sky when the light hits it. And it says when he came to us, it says that God formed it was the first time in the Bible where we see it where God is forming something. And I, when I saw that, I paused and I, I was thinking, oh my gosh, we are, we are made by his, in his, with his hands almost. He was forming us. Male and created, male and female, we were created. And he formed man. And even better yet, it says that he took the rib out of the man and he fashioned women. 
Why are we so into fashion? Well, it was all because of God. He fashioned us. And because we were made in the image of God formed by him, we are a supernatural being. And so even though I love the giraffes and I love all the zebras, one thing that they can't do is they can't have an imagination. And so as he was forming man, male and female, he was also fashioning us to have and own an imagination. We are supernatural beings. And so he created us so that when we come into this world, when we see a form of an empty canvas, that we're able to come up with something in our imagination and creativity to be able to see it first in our imagination and then, and then bring life and form and to create something out of nothing. We're made in the image of God, in his likeness. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, in them. So you were created by form, so you were created to bring form. God is our original artisan. And as our original artisan, he created us and has commissioned us to be artisans as well. So again, what I said, you're created by form, so you were created to bring form. What form is, is order. So in a dark, chaotic, void world, you're able to create form. You're, create, you're uh, made to create structure and order and peace out of something. Out of something that's dark, chaotic, you're able to bring form and life into a situation. So we actually are all called to be artisans. There's areas in our life that it's actually easy for us to see something and to bring form into it. With Scott, he can see a canvas, a blank canvas, and, and he, in his mind he can see, oh, I can do, bring a structure here and order here and, and lines here and structure and form. He's able to do that with this canvas. And for us, we can have areas in our life that it just it comes easy for us. That uh, we might not be an artisan like Scott Travis, but we might be an artisan in the workplace with numbers. As opposed to, you know, he can see a canvas and he's like, yes, give it to me. I know how to create all these things. You can go into your office and you can say, okay, I'm going to open up my computer. And I'm going to open up Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and I just have a big smile on my face because this is my purpose. This is where I'm meant to be. I love formulas. I see a blank canvas all over Excel and I'm able to bring order and structure and numbers. And it's just like music to my soul. That's what I was created to do. You're actually able to bring form in an area that for other people might seem a little too chaotic. I don't know where to start, but for you, you're excited to start. You're ready to jump on it. You're ready to fill out all the things. And you even bring color to spreadsheets. You even bring organization by color. How does that even happen? You can be an artisan with people. So maybe if you're not a, an, a, an artisan by, by your hands, you can be an artisan by when you look at people and, and people are drawn to you or, or you can be drawn to people and you see them come in one way, you see them come in with, you know, possibly just down and out that, oh, the, the weight of the world, the chaos that I've come from, torment that I've been undergoing, all these things. You can see somebody and then all of a sudden when you see them, doesn't matter what state they're in, you're just staring at them with a big smile. <sighs> 
because you can see the beauty, the gold that's inside of them. And so it's easy for you. So for you as an artisan with people, it's easy for you to see someone in one way, but then you're tapped in with God into, a, into, into him and what he says over individuals. And you're able to bring life and you're able to bring uh, love to that person. And you're able to overwhelm them by the goodness of God. And they come in one way, down and out, and they leave with a big smile on their face. You're fashioning them to not live in darkness, to not live in torment but you're fashioning them so that they can see around them. Oh my goodness, the hand of God is on my life. I'm protected by him. He's my provider. I can trust fully in him. I can conquer all things and, and I have this coming up against me, but no, God is my conqueror. I can, I can leave transformed. I can leave changed. I can leave victorious. An artisan of people. A.W. Tozer says this, all things as they move toward God are beautiful and they are ugly as they move away from him. <laughs> all things as they move toward God are beautiful and they are ugly when they move away from him. There's the spirit of God that God is, trying, is waking up and calling up artisans of God. But when the artisans of God aren't uh, in their rightful place, aren't, uh, have backed down and shied away from maybe the gift that has been put inside of them, with, when they choose to remove their voice, it doesn't mean that there's going to be a voidness there. It means that the spirit of this world will take its place. So when we... We, as God's artisans, we are called to bring order, to bring peace, to bring beauty into something, to bring form into something. But when we're not being utilized like that, the spirit of this world will come, and the spirit of the world is darkness, it's voidness, it's chaos, it's confusion. And so why today is the, the time for artisans to rise up is because the spirit of the world has taken its place and has caused this chaos that God did not mean to happen. You can see this with even male and female. It's a hot topic right now when you go on your Instagram or when I go on my Instagram, that's what I see, is that topic of gender confusion. And what God created, how God created male, he formed male and he formed female. And with that, he formed male with all these amazing strengths and talents as he was forming the male. He, he had all these things, all these amazing visions for him and purpose for him, strength for him that has a, has a, a voice, that has a voice of a roar behind him. And when he takes his place of authority, people stop and they listen. And he was, he was forming men like that with, uh, with strength. And then he was fashioning women. He was fashioning female. And when he fashioned the female, he said, oh my goodness, thank you God, myself. Thank you myself for women. <laughs> thank you that when I put them in the garden, she's actually gonna make it beautiful. Oh, yes. It's not gonna be chaos. It's not gonna be, okay, where are the snap peas? No, she's gonna highlight the snap peas. She's gonna put a trellis in the garden. The, the snap peas are gonna grow up beautifully. And then it's gonna be in a box and then she's gonna put flowers on each corner. She's gonna fashion this and be able to put the exclamation mark on the beauty that I've created. 
She also is a voice of strength. She also is a, is a helper. She also has reason and wisdom to give. She also has strength and kindness to give. So God fashioned and he formed. But when the spirit of this world comes, it will do the opposite of form or creating. The opposite of form is abolishing. So the spirit of the world will abolish. When there's a voidness of God's word, it will abolish what he's created. And so what we see now is, you know, the whole idea behind non-binary. And it removes the goodness and the greatness of female. It removes the goodness and greatness of a male. It strips that art and that skill and all of those amazing things that, that God formed and fashioned. And it puts in, in avoidance and darkness, this term non-binary. Or unisex clothing. I love fashion. And then, you know, there's like this section now where it's unisex clothing. God formed and fashioned life. And so now you can get schooling to go in and to create a skill and an art to disembody the fetus inside the womb that was meant for protection. So when you have an absence of God comes in the, the darkness and the spirit of this world that doesn't know how to create, that doesn't know how to emphasize beauty, but only knows how to abolish, only knows how to strip away, only knows how to remove purpose and to create a monotone life of no purpose and no destiny. So we are called to rise up as God's artisans. Point number two is God commissions artisans with power. He commissions artisans with power. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. One of the first people in the Bible that's recorded, and it's one of my favorite people, because it's the first person recorded that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And his name is Bezalel. In the Old Testament, it was the first time filled with the Holy Spirit. His name is Bezalel. It says this, that see, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, the, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting uh, jewels for settings and carving wood and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. So this is the first evidence of a man being filled with the Holy Spirit with power. And what is the outcome? The outcome is an artisan. The outcome is a man who knows how to do all these amazing arts and, and work with his hands and jewelry and fashioning and, and all these incredible things. And he was called, he was commissioned actually by Moses to build the tabernacle. And so as he was stepping in into that work, all of these incredible skills that I feel like not one person could actually really contained, but somehow Bezalel was able to do all these amazing things. He worked with fine linen. So in that time when he was commissioned to do the tabernacle, um, by the way, the tabernacle at that time was uh, on the move. It had to be a mobile tabernacle, a mobile church. 
because Moses was taking people of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. So not only did he, you know, have the amazing, uh, you know, luxury to have a standstill building like this and to be able to go. No, he was on the move. So he was, you know, trying to sew things and moving and walking. <laughs> it was next level. And so Bezalel, uh, these are some amazing things that he did is he, he knew that there were curtains that needed to be made in God's house for God's house, his tabernacle. And so when he formed the curtains, because he did it by hand using linen, when he formed the curtains together, he didn't just form them and say, okay, well, this will do. We just need curtains. We need some mobile walls, so the curtains will do. He decided to, um, to put in, like sew in uh, cherubim and angels. So these, these curtains were gorgeous. They were beautiful. He, uh, he saw the goats and the rams and the badgers in that time, and he's like, yeah, I can use your skin for these curtains. <laughs> so he saw endless possibilities. The badger was very useful. He needed a table for showbread at that time. And so he put together wood. He made a table, put it together with wood. But he's like, it can't just be any table. It has to be a table that is overlaid with gold. That's going to be the best thing. For God's tabernacle, we need some gold tables. And then on top of that, we need some silverware. The silverware needs to match the table. So I'm making gold silverware and bowls and plates and pitchers, everything. It's going to be incredible. So he did all of that with his own hands, the gold and the silverware. There were bulls that were needed in the tabernacle. And he, for some reason, I, you can read your Bible. You can figure out what they're used for. But there were three bulls that were needed. And uh, so instead of just getting three bulls that were needed, he got these, he formed bulls, but he formed them in the shape of an almond blossom. So he just, you know, designed it beautifully. So he knew that these three bowls were going to travel, and they all needed to, you know, be the three amigos together. So he's like, okay, I'm going to put, form them as almond blossoms in that shape, and then to hold them all together, I'm going to form a, an almond branch. And so this is going to uh, be connected to all three bowls, so that when it goes around, it's, uh, it's beautiful and, uh, and gorgeous. He made sweet spice perfume, which is awesome, because he needed an anointing oil, a holy anointing oil. So instead of just saying, ah, oh, let's just take some, uh, some olive oil, he decided, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to make this really awesome, and I'm going to get some sweet spice perfume made. So he, he made all of that. And one of the coolest things ever that I see in the Bible that he did, and I keep rereading it because I'm like, did this really happen? This is amazing, is, uh, is he was creating clothes at the time for the priests. And so he was, using, he was using linen, he was using different, the threads, purple, scarlet, blue threads. And, he's, and he said, okay, with this clothing, with, with the linen, I'm also going to add in some gold. And this is actual gold, because in the Bible it talks about him hammering out a sheet of thin, a thin hammered down sheet of gold. And then he's going to cut it in strips to where it's these fine threads. So that's what he did, is he, cre he formed this, these gold threads, and then he weaved it in with the fabric. 
I scoot over Nostrums, exactly. It's amazing. So all these amazing things that he did. And then also, you know how we always have engravings in our, in our rings. That's not just a new concept or, you know, when in and out was born, they said, okay, let's slap on a scripture on the bottom. That all actually came from Bezalel. Bezalel, when he was making the crown that the priest would wear, it's out of gold. He did an engraving on the inside and he engraved holiness to the Lord. So he did all these incredible things. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you're able to operate in in such marvelous works, in such excellence, in things that you've never thought one man can possibly do, but with the power and the spirit of God, it can be done, this marvelous work within you. We are all destined for greatness. We're all destined to form and to fashion and to bring order, to bring a workmanship that far passes anything that we've ever seen. Um, Geneva is a city that had a revival in it in the 1600s. And it's really interesting because uh, what happened is that there were these Christians that were getting persecuted. So these Christians all fled over to Geneva It wasn't a spectacular place at all during that time, but they moved over there so that they wouldn't be getting persecuted. So all these Christians are in this place, and it didn't just stop with all these Christians. They multiplied, and uh, there were more and more people that started to uh, uh, hear about God and to start following him, and so uh, it multiplied. There were, it was a city now that was known as Protestant Rome is what it was named as. And this is on the Geneva website. It's basically geneva.org or com or whatever you can go. You can go to it now. And it says, this period when all of these uh, Christians came in and there was an explosion of population of them, it says that this period also brought the first waves of watchmakers, jewelers, and other artisans who would soon make Geneva famous for all over the world for its craftsmanship. So the city of Geneva, when they had a massive revival, it was filled now and known around the world, across the world, was famous for the craftsmanship. How incredible is that? Point number three is your creation reveals the creator. Why is it so important for you to create? It's because your creation reveals the creator. When Geneva had all of those, the Christians come in and revival was happening and, and these amazing, beautiful art pieces were formed. People came in all over the world. It was known and people were flying in to see all this incredible things. And it all pointed to Jesus. It all pointed to him. So your creation reveals the creator. We have these incredible mountains here in Salt Lake City, and when we do hikes and all this stuff, if, you know, maybe you, weren't, you didn't grow up in, in the church, you, didn't, you don't know God, but you would go on a hike in these mountains here, and you'd, at daytime or nighttime, whatever it is, you, would, you are going to be overcome by the goodness and the, the, just the beauty of these mountains and everything that you see, his creation, you're going to be blown away. But here's the problem is that some people will go on these uh, beautiful scenic hikes. They'll explore the world. And then what will happen is that they see that there is a creator. They see that there is somebody beyond. (laughs) 
And so they look around and they say, there must be a God. But the problem with the mountains is that they do not speak. The mountains don't speak. So even though creation, it points and reveals to a creator, to a God, why are you so important? It's because you have a voice. You can point people to who the creator is. The mountains, unfortunately, can't disciple. They can't say, hey, yes, look at this amazing creation. Do you know where you can find even more life and more excitement and more joy in your life? Open up your Bible. It's right in here. They can't take you. The mountains can't take you to connect group, can't take you to church. They can't take you to experience God over in and, and have healing take place and transformation take place. So why are you called to create and for people to come to you is because you have a voice to point to who the creator is. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Uh, the queen of Sheba uh, was one of those people that, that came and saw excellence and saw something that was never done before, saw something so marvelous and beautiful. And uh, so she came to meet King Solomon and King Solomon is known for his wisdom, he's known for his wealth. But what really caught her eye was all of the, uh, the, the, the artisans, the, the work and the excellence, the craftsmanship that was in the region that King Solomon was king over. So as he was king, he brought the most beautiful things in, that you would be astounded by. And he became famous because of it. So she came and, and she came to him with tough questions, but she came to ask him because she was blown away by the house that he built. It says that that's what she was blown away by was the house. She was blown away by the food. She was blown away by the cook that was in the back creating all of these masterpieces of, of the best steak that you can ever have. And are these even vegetables? You know, like it's all of these, the amazing work of the chef. She was blown away by the food at his table. She was blown away by the service of the waiters and their apparel. That even though that they, they were serving, they were waiting, on uh, Solomon and, and whoever came in that just by their outfits alone, I wanna go to that place, I wanna go to that restaurant. Can we create that here in Salt Lake? Is that even their apparel blew her away. The entryway by which she went into the house of the Lord, she was blown away by everything that she saw with her eyes of excellence. And so she came because it was because of that that the fame of Solomon was, was uh, let out into all the, all the surrounding areas. And she came to test him with the hard questions. So why is it important for you artisan to rise up in this time? It's because right now the, the artisan of this world, Hollywood, is the one is, is sitting at the place where all of the hard questions of this world are being asked to. Hollywood, can you tell me this and that? Can you tell me, male and female? Can you tell me? And the artisan of this world doesn't have an answer, but God is calling up artisans of, of him, godly artisans to rise up so that they can be the ones to answer these tough questions, the hard questions when they come. 
one of those amazing gifts of an artisan is that you're working with your hands and you could be getting in the zone. You can have your iPods in and turning on and tuning in into what God is doing and what he's saying. And then you're creating, you're forming. Because out of your imagination, you can see it. And so then you're starting to take form. You're starting to put form on a canvas and start to paint and to use this color and that color. You're in the zone of, of doing all these things. And then all of a sudden, as you're working as an artisan for God, you step back from the canvas to see how it's all coming together and you look around you and you see, wow, why are all these people here? <laughs> why am I surrounded by all these people? When you're gifted as an artisan, one of the, the outcomes of it is actually fame like King Solomon. He was, he was famous throughout that land. And so just by doing the work, just by saying yes to creating and to, uh, to giving your excellence and to forming certain things, you look around and then there's people around you. And they're asking the artisan, they're asking the artisan these tough questions. There's a quote that says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. <laughs> preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. As you're the artisan, you are creating, you're forming, you're bringing beauty, you're bringing form, you're bringing order and peace and, and all these amazing things. You're tapped in into the supernatural, into, into God who's the creator of heavens and earth and to give you something new, something exciting, something that the world has never seen before. You're tapped in into him and something supernatural is happening with your work. And all of a sudden, people come to you and they ask you the tough questions of life because they, they, they grew up with, with darkness and with voidness of God's word. They come in with a life of chaos. They're used to chaos. And for them, it is a tough question. For them, yes, why? How do you get out of torment? I see your excellence and I see how you're creating form and order. My life is the exact opposite. My life is not filled with order or form to it. If anything, I feel it's completely destructive. So what is it about you that, this, that you have this such excellence and, and that you're able to do all these amazing things? You must know something greater. You must know of something better than the life that I have in chaos and in darkness and avoidness. When necessary, use words. God wants to raise you up, artisans, so that when it's, when it's time, when people come to you with those tough questions, that you can have an answer. When necessary, you can use words and you can point people. You know what? Jesus changed my life. Ever since I met him, ever since I've been in relationship with him, yeah, these new ideas have just been streaming over me. Work has, you know, not become hard anymore. It's actually become really easy. I actually get excited when I get to go to work. He's created me for destiny and purpose and, oh my goodness, and life. And it's not even just me getting transformed and impacted, but it's my family that's getting transformed and impacted. My work is being so good to me. I'm, I'm bringing in uh, this commissioned work and, and money that's able to bless me and I'm able to bless the church. I'm able to bless other people around me. It's something amazing. 
Proverbs 22, 29 says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Men, he will stand before kings. God has greatness in you that he's excited to see you excel in your work. He's excited to be overwhelmed by your work. People are drawn to you as an artist so you can reveal who God is. There's a special blessing that comes upon you as an artisan. The artisan commissioned by the Holy Spirit does things beyond that no artist can do on their own. Preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Amen. Amen. You know, when we come to church, we, we get excited because we, we come in and we experience his presence for the first time. And we actually see our lives transformed. We, we actually leave and we're like, man, there's something different about me. My, my face looks younger because I'm not just like, you know. And, uh, and I feel lighter. I feel happy. I feel joy. And because of the healing that takes place, sometimes we can get stuck in, oh, man, God, can you keep healing me and keep healing me? Is there more things that you can do to heal me? And we get stuck on looking at our past of what the chaos and the darkness is of our past instead of looking beyond that and trusting God that, okay, that he is, is finished. It is finished. His work that he did on the cross is a finished work for me. And no matter how I came into this church, no matter how I came to know you, God, I believe you and I trust you that I have a finished work inside of me. So now I can wake up to the call, wake up to the art, to the gifts that are inside of me, and I can start to create and I can start emulating your glory. I can start uh, emphasizing the beauty that you created. I can start in my purpose. And so what I wanna do is for all of us to stand up and I wanna pray over us all. Why don't we give Scott Travis a big round of applause? Wow. <laughs> Three canvases today within the 30 minute time period. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> but just like with him, he's an example of what God wants to do in our lives. God wants to excel the gifting that's in you. He's, he's tired of delays. We think God delays, but he's actually saying, no, trust in me, look at me, and just start going, start operating, trust in my power. You have the Holy Spirit on you. And maybe some of you don't have the Holy Spirit, but with his power, with the Holy Spirit, you're able to accomplish things far greater than anything. There's greatness in each and every one of you. You are his masterpiece and you're, cre you're created to create. So let's raise our hands up to heaven right now. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray for a fresh touch of your spirit upon this service, upon these people. God, I thank you that your power, it supercharges us that God, as we are connected to you, as we're grafted into you, 
that we're able to be grafted in into the Alpha and the Omega. We're able to be grafted in into uh, some, someone, something supernatural outside of time, and we're able to grab these things that have never been done before, never been seen before, because we're tapped into you, our Creator. And we're able to do these amazing things that the world has never seen. There's wondrous acts that, are, that have yet to be done because you're calling up, you're waking up artisans in this time. God, I thank you, Lord, for no delay. I thank you for dreams and visions. God, where it's easy for us to form and to create and bring order and peace. God, that you're igniting that gift in each and every one of us, God. Thank you, Lord, a fresh touch of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, and that our works glorify you. Amen. The last thing I want to do is I actually want to bring up the artisans. I want to bring up, if you actually work with your hands, if you're a painter like Scott Travis, or if you fashion or design, if you design, or if you're an architect or all those things, please come forward and I want to pray for you because I know that I believe God is doing something. Amen. God is calling you to rise up in this time to be an answer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I'm going to pray over all of you. Thank you, Jesus. Stretch out your hands to these people. Thank you, God, for the artisans. God, I thank you for, for their work. I thank you for creativity. I thank you for dreams and visions to be unlocked right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that, that there isn't going to be a copycat. <laughs> they're not going to copy, but, God, they're going to tap into the new, something fresh and exciting. Thank you, Lord, for the designers, God, who can fashion and mold and bring marvelous things, God, to bring a work to you, God, and to people. Thank you, Jesus, of excellence, God, that they stand before the kings of this world. And God, that they're able to bring an answer, God. I thank you for blessing the work of their hands. I thank you, Lord, for excelling their work, for bringing in your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for more of your spirit to be released. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Lord, for more. Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth, God, I thank you, Lord, that what they're doing isn't just something small, but it's something great, God. You're doing an amazing thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the youth, God, that you're rising up for such a time as this. God, I thank you, Lord, that the world isn't going to uh, hijack their dreams. God, I thank you, Lord, for inspiration. God, that they are the creators of inspiration, God. Thank you, Lord, and you're going to do something great inside of them in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. Amen. Give God some praise. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.